According to Ephesians chapter 6, the choice of weapon for the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you and on the inside of me is the Word of God. Hello, I'm Pastor Gray, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. In just a moment, you're getting ready to go into the service here at Emmanuel. And guess what we use to give the Spirit to work in our lives? The Word of God. I trust that the sermon you're about to hear, that God's Spirit will use it as His sword, and according to Hebrews, that it will get down into us and it'll start working in us, dividing asunder, and will do His perfect work. May the Lord bless you as you listen to the truth of God's Word. How many have enjoyed church this morning? Oh, it's been enjoyable. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 16. <clears throat> Ushers, I'm going to go ahead and let you have a seat. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. This is going to be a verse, and then we're going to step through to the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. And can we read it together out loud? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. Ready? For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. Who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I'm going to preach this subject this morning, preach this morning on this thought, how God thinks. How God thinks. Ladies and gentlemen, we as believers need to look at God's word, not just as the black and white of it, or the black, red, and white of it, not just a book, but do you understand that written in these pages, this is the mind of God? Please understand that when you open his eternal book, you are looking into the settled mind of God. Someone said the other day, how come you have not written any books? And the answer is simple. Whatever I write as an expert today, life changes too quick, and it becomes out of date very quickly. This is never out of date. This is the mind of God. And he said this, we have the mind of God. So when a believer will look at the word of God as the mind of God, then that believer can start living with confidence. Believers, listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, there should be a certain amount of confidence. I know as a son and as having a son, that as answering for my father and my son answering for me, there is a certain amount of confidence. You want to know why? Because he has dad's mind. What do you think dad would do? Oh, there's no doubt dad would do this. And we need Christians that are living on a confidence level to where you can step outside of the doors of this church and of your home and face a wicked world with this. I don't think I know what God wants. I know what God wants. And that's not an arrogant statement. That's a confident statement. Why? Because we have the mind of God. Once we start thinking like God thinks, once we start absorbing how God would do this, then, it, then you and I can start walking with confidence. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 55 now. And here will be the, the, the passage from which we take the truth in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah Isaiah chapter 55, and look at verse number 6. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. 
Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Let's read verse 8 out loud together. Ready? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the what? The Lord. Verse number 8 is that key verse. And there are two things here that are very exciting for you, and it should be exciting for me. Look at it. There are the thoughts of God, and then there are the ways of God. The thoughts of God, that little Hebrew phrase right there, simply means this, that the thoughts of God become this, this machine. That The thoughts of God are always looking at life, and then it kicks into manufacturing mode. Thoughts are not idle with God. When God says, I think a different way than you think, When God looks at any given situation, God's mind is in constant manufacturing mode. God's mind is in constant thought. If you'll go to Psalms chapter 92 and verse number 5. Back up a little bit. Psalms chapter 92 and verse number 5. We have to establish the fact that how does God do this? How does God think when God looks at your life and God looks at my life, he doesn't think about it like we think about it. You know how he thinks about it? His mind is looking at your life and it's in constant manufacturing mode. He doesn't let it stay idle. His thoughts are not our thoughts. God's thoughts. Look at Psalms 92, 5. Oh Lord, how great are thy works and thy thoughts are very what? Deep. You see, you and I dismiss thoughts because our mind can't handle it. Our, our, our minds dismiss, dismiss things as we don't like the conflict of it. We don't like the obstacle of it. If the mountain's too big, I can't think about it. If the hurt is possible too deep, I don't even want to go there. And we operate on this human level that when we face something and something starts falling apart, our thoughts stop because we're protecting our heart. It is like, I don't want to think about it. I, I don't want to address it yet. Th- that possibility will hurt me too much. Not God. When God looks at your life and God sees an obstacle that you're facing, he's sitting there and he's going, all right, let's get to work. How can we get this done? Because God does not have a mountain he can't jump over. And God does not have a relationship he can't put back together. God's in constant manufacturing. That's his thoughts. When it uses the word thoughts here, what it's saying is I'm in constant contrivance. I'm in constant plotting. I'm in constant manufacturing. God does not look at your current situation and accept it as done. There are many things in our life that we deal with as humans that we go, yep, I'm done. Not God. Not God. God created it all. God's in control of everything. And when you face something that you think this is not going to be, uh-uh, God's thoughts are not your thoughts. Isn't that exciting that God's thinking on a different level than what we're thinking on? And then it says this, his ways are not our ways. This is very interesting. You have the thoughts of God. He doesn't think like we think. He's always in manufacturing, fixing mode. He always sees the glass half full. He always sees the tomorrow. He always says there's a brighter day coming. You and I don't see it, but he sees it. You and I don't think it can happen, but he says it can happen. You and I think that's dead. He says it's alive. You and I say it's over. He says it's just beginning. Uh, That's how our God thinks. And then he says, your ways are not my ways. You see, our way is evolving. Our way, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. 
Our path, we don't know what's going to happen today. Have you ever gone to bed in security and woke up with your world upside down? You and I live this way. Not God. Not God. God is not developing with us as life unfolds. God already knows where he wants us to be and can overcome anything you're facing today. You see, when you wake up today and say, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this will work out. What does the Bible say? That God is the same, what please? Yesterday, today, and let me tell you something. God's back here and where he brought you from. God is with you today, but God stepped out about a week, a month ahead of you, time ahead of you. And he's going, yep, it's going to work out just fine. And he steps back here. And this is the wings that we ride on. This is the faith that we rest on. This is the peace that passeth all understanding. I don't understand this. I don't know how this is going to work out. And God just simply wants you to know, I'm not thinking like you think. And I don't walk like you walk. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. God lives here. And this is such a blessing because God sees the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. Deuteronomy eleven twelve 12 tells us that. It says specifically, and the land which the Lord thy God careth for, the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. We have just started September. We are in month nine. You know where God says, I've already seen month 10, I've already seen month 11, and I've already seen month 12. But you say, God, if we keep trending this way, we're not going to make it. He says, I've already seen October, I've already seen November, I've already seen December. Do you have any idea what that means? That our God knows what he's doing. And you and I as children, like Brother Poncho just said, we are heirs. We are joint heirs. It is not our riches. It's not our coffers. And if I could tell you this morning, please just let me pull the pom-poms out and cheer a little bit for God. Your God is so in control. Why? Because he's not thinking like you think. He's not walking like you walk. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And this is so wonderful. This is just the beginning of this wonderful journey. When you and I put this verse, he's not thinking like we think and he's not walking like we walk. Look, look, look at the verses above it. You see, this is the wonderfulness of it. Now let's look at the reality. It is one thing to say you're God's thinking and living on a different plane, but let's plug it into life. Look at verse six, back up a verse. Look at verse six. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. Let him return unto the Lord And he will have, what please, mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly, what, pardon. God doesn't think like you and I think. God doesn't walk like you and I walk. When we see somebody that is the first part of this verse, look at it. When we see somebody that has forsaken his way, when we see the unrighteous man, do you know what we say? Annihilation. Fine. If they're going to disgrace our family, if they're going to disgrace, fine, 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 fine. Annihilation. This is done. God goes, oh, I don't think that way. God does not think in terms of annihilation. He thinks in terms of redemption. 
God thinks in terms of no matter how far your marriage has gone, oh, we'll get it back. God thinks in terms of no, no far how prodigal your son is, oh, 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 we'll get him back. We'll get her back. Well, my finances, we'll get it back. Well, you don't understand. No, God says, I don't think like you think. I don't act like you act. And here's what he's saying. That you put this all together. You know what he's saying? In light of how he thinks and how he acts, he's saying this to everything that's going wrong, every person that's going wrong. He says, I want to be found. I'm close enough to be found. And when you find me, you're going to get mercy and pardon. We run and hide from difficult situations. We don't answer the phone if we know it's going to be conflict. We don't return the email if we know it's going to be bad. We don't open the mail once we see who it's from. We don't answer the door when we look out and go, okay, everybody quiet, maybe they'll go away. You know what God does? God doesn't run from your mess. God doesn't run from your situation that's fallen apart. God says, I don't think that way, and I don't act that way, and I'll tell you how I act. I get right there in the middle of that mess, and I simply say this, when you find me, I am holding in my hand enough mercy and enough pardon that we're going to fix this. We have to live that way. We have to live with a God way of living. We're negative. We are too down. We look at things like it's over. We approach everything with like, well, it's just, it's just that's the way it is and that's the way it's always going to be. No, that's not the way it's always going to be because God doesn't think that way. And when a believer rises to the level of God's thinking and God's way, you know what we do? No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. No matter how much they forsake, no matter how far it gets off the beaten trath, uh, trath it, it's been a long night, off the beaten path, then guess what? God is standing right there going, when you find me, you will not find me with judgment. You'll find me with a whole lot of mercy and a whole lot of pardon. How many, if I gave you the mic, I'm not going to, but how many, if I gave you the mic, you could testify to what I just said? How many's ever had that second chance? Don't raise your hand at this point, but how many ever ruined that second chance and God gave you a third chance? How many ever ruined that third chance and God gave you a fourth chance? And how many ever ruined that fifth chance and it's like, mm, this is not going to go well. Listen, our God thinks this way. But my question to you is this, how do you look at it? Do you look at it in light of, that's yeah, over, they've gone too far. They are too unrighteous. They'll never be back. Oh, when we start taking God's ways and God's thoughts and we plug them in like a little chip into our life, then our mouth starts operating, our body starts operating, our mind starts operating, that when somebody looks at you and tells you something that you simply go, okay, okay, it's going to be okay. Don't you hate those voicemails that when you call and you're upset and somebody says, hello, you've reached the pastor's voicemail. Thank you for calling me. Hey, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And you are geared up to leave the nastiest voicemail ever. And then you're like, don't God bless me. Let me tell you, because God doesn't think and act this way. Praise God he doesn't think and act this way. 
But this is even better. Not only does he say, look, I don't even think this way. No matter how unrighteous, no matter how forsaking you are of me, he says, I just simply want to pardon and extend mercy. But it's more than just pardon and extend mercy. You see, a lot of us are good at forgiving, but we're not good at rebuilding. That was a mouthful. A lot of us are good at, we're good, we're good. Nothing, nothing between me and you, we're good. But we are not good at rebuilding. You see, many of you are living in forgiveness, but not reconciliation. There is a big difference. Many of you are living with the slates clean as long as we stay apart. We'll never, no, 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 no. That's not how God thinks. That's not how God acts. You know how God thinks and God acts? I am near, and when you find me, you're going to get mercy, and when you find me, you're going to get pardon, and when you find me, you're going to know my nature is, I just want you to know. I'm, I'm, what I'm about to use, I did not ask permission. The Lord just brought it to my mind. I, don't, I think both people involved would give me their blessing, and if not, they'll stand right now and tell me. No, they won't. And uh, I was shown some text messages and in the text messages, somebody brought these text messages to me, and we were discussing an issue on the table. And, 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 but in the middle of this text messages, the person writing the text messages said, please don't tell pastor. I don't want pastor disappointed in me. When, when I read those text messages, I thought, out of everything going on, I didn't care. I really didn't care. It was, it was, it was, I didn't care. But I'll tell you, there was one line in there that that man wrote that, that I, I had to see him right away because I needed to express to him, it doesn't matter what you do. I would never be disappointed in you. I love you. Let me tell you something. When I was studying for this text some time ago, for today, do you know our gods in heaven, when people are walking around in this fear that says, I don't, I don't want God disappointed in me. I don't, I don't want God mad at me. You're his child. That's not even how he thinks. That's not how he walks. He just simply says, I want you and I to be, to, to be like this, but I want more than that. And if you'll look at the next verse, Look what it says there. He said, so, so reconciliation, that's the goal, just not forgiveness, but I want you to know. So this he said, I don't think on this level. He doesn't think on the level, we're going to verse number 10. He doesn't think on the level of you're so bad that we're done with you. He doesn't think on the level of you've gone too far. He thinks on the level of I, 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 I want you. He thinks on the level, you don't know, you don't, I, I don't think like that. I, 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 that's not even who I am. And the hardest thing preachers do is tell people, God's not like your neighbor. God's not like your heart. God's not like you. You may not like you. And you, the hardest person to forgive is you. But that's not even how God operates. Because his ways are not our ways. Neither is his thoughts our thoughts. So look at verse 10. For as the rain, now here's how God feels. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, Isaiah 55, 10, and returneth not thither, 
but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You know what he's saying? He's saying, look, here's my heart. I don't live that way. You know how I live? I'm going to send rain and snow. And that rain and snow is going to hit the earth. It's going to bring forth a bud. And that rain and snow that brings forth a bud is going to give seeds to the sower. And then it'll give bread to the eater. You know what God's saying? How I think is solution-oriented, not scrapping. God does not think in terms, how much can I get for that copper of life if I take it to the scrapyard? God thinks there's still value in that life, so here's what I need to do. I first need to convince them I don't look at you as unredeemable. I look at you as redeemable. He said, then I've got to get them, to, I've got to convince them that, that, that I want to send rain and snow into their life to where it just gives seed, it just, just starts blossoming. Because what is the end? Is the end for you to be satisfied in life on the outs? Is the end for your finances to be okay? Is the end for the house to be paid off and the land to be paid off and the trucks and cars to be paid off? Is that the end? Is the end to have all the money for vacation? No, it's not a physical end. Look what he says in verse 12. He says this, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Listen, you know how God thinks? God thinks this way. You're not unredeemable. You've not gone too far. I want to pardon. I want to give you mercy. But not just for forgiveness, but for reconciliation. Because I want to give you seed, bread. I want you to live the peaceful life. I want you to live the joyful life. I want you to be a singing Christian. I want you to be a joyful Christian. I want you to be a peaceful Christian. Can I ask you a question this morning? What is your outlook on God? Do you think right now that God, God is mad? Let me tell you something. God says right here, his mind is this. Look, no matter how far you've gone, I'm standing right here. You say, well, pastor, how do I get, and this is where I want to end at, how do I get to that land of peace and joy and singing that you talk about because I just don't have it? How do I, I want to get there. How do I get there? It's found in verse 11. Would you look at Isaiah 55, 11. This probably is one of my go-to verses. Look what it says here. You know, this rain and this snow that came down that, that creates this land to where there can be joy and peace. How do you get there? Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall what please? Prosper. Where to I sent it. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please just kind of lift that Bible up just a little bit? Lift it up and look at it. Lift it up and look at it for just 20 seconds. And if you've got a big Bible and you're weak, I'm so sorry. You can put that down. 
Uh, I know of a Bible publishing company that we can get you a thin line Bible for a discounted price of $199.99. And uh, no, you see that Bible right there? See that Bible? God said this. Do you know how I do this? I don't do this except by my word. Y'all, please know this. That his word being preached, his word being sung, his word being read. He says, I can get you where you need to be, but I can't do it without my word. Here's the beautiful thing. If you're saved today, you have the living word living on the inside. And then you take the written word on the outside. And this is the information of the mind of God. And then you simply say, Holy Spirit of God, I need you to work. I counsel marriages sometimes. And last week I had to settle a fight between Kim Smith and John Smith and pray for them. They were in this, this marital discussion going home. My title last week was, uh, This May Take a Year. Um, Kim woke up halfway through what I was saying and she said, Did he say the sermon's going to be a year? John woke up and said, I don't think so. I think the title of the sermon is This May Take a Year. And uh, having graduated with Kim, the same graduating class, knowing how her mind works, she goes, thank God, because I don't want to listen to him for a year. <laughs> and uh, no. But, but listen, you probably are sitting here going, I don't think God likes me. I, he's mad at me. He's holding against me. <sighs> That's not how God thinks. And the closer you get to God, the more you're going to realize you're God is going to forgive and pardon. And then he wants to bring forth this wonderful Christian life. If you're here today and you came to church under that cloud, or I don't, I, I, no, that's not, no, no. If you right now do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and if here at the invitation, if you walk this aisle, and you, you talk to one of the deacons that will be at the end of the aisle, and you look at them and you say, I want to know Christ. Because the guilt is too much. Then you can become a child of God. And guess what? All your sins will be washed away. And if you're here and you're a believer and you're thinking to yourself, and somebody, if somebody has told you that you're a second-class Christian because of your activity, you may be living a second-class life because of the activity, but you're not a second-class person. Your God is ready to pardon, and your God is ready to forgive, and your God is ready to restore. But more than just forgive, he wants to reconcile. He wants to give you a life that you are like, I'm at peace. I'm joyful. There are people around you, around me maybe in life, that are like, always, always on the down. No, no. And then there are those people, they're always singing, they're always happy. How did they get there? Because they take his word, and they understand my God, my God, thinks good for me. He doesn't think bad for me. God's not in heaven going, how can I get them? God's in heaven going, how can I love them? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft would I have gathered you together as a chicken gathereth her hens. What did it say? And ye would not Oh, my friend, if you're here today, I would give God a try. Because how you think he thinks, according to that mind, he doesn't think that way.
I really hope that you enjoyed the service here at Emmanuel. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. At the bottom of the screen is my cell phone number. If I can do anything for you, please give me a call. I trust that you'll be back with us for the next broadcast. God bless you, my friend. Have a great week.